Our Stars at Home virtual talent show is back. We're bringing together the stars in our community to show support for local Wish Kids. And just like last year, these video submissions will be posted online and anyone can vote by donating in support of their favorite video. Now through July 11th, you can submit a video showing off your hidden or not so hidden talent. Your talent could be anything from dancing, singing, cooking the perfect omelet, crocheting, performing a trick with your favorite pet, or even building a dollhouse. All types of performances are welcome, so show us what you've got. The video with the most votes and dollars wins. This year, in honor of our 35th anniversary, we're aiming to raise a minimum of $35,000. What are you waiting for? Go to our show notes and submit your video today. Thank you for joining us on the Wish House podcast. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. We're excited to share with you this bonus episode with Wish alum, Mike Erb. In 2000, Mike had his wish granted to be an FBI agent. You can say his wish has come full circle because since his wish, he now has a career in law enforcement. Over the past 21 years since his wish, Mike has gotten married, is now a father himself to two beautiful little girls, and it's a real treat to catch up with my fellow Wish alum about all things Make-A-Wish and the life-changing impact of a wish. Here is Mike Erb. Mike, welcome to the Wish House Podcast, man. How you doing? I'm great, thanks. Thanks for having me. No problem, man. Thank you so much for, for joining us today on this uh, awesome episode for this podcast. Um, share a little bit with our listeners about where you're originally from, the county that you're from, and kind of how you first got connected to Make-A-Wish. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I am originally from Saugerties, New York, uh, which is actually right at the top of Ulster County. So it's as far north as the Hudson Valley chapter stretches, um, but it's right in the middle of uh, the mountains up a little bit uh, further north. So it's a pretty, pretty area. Yeah. Ulster County is one of the eight counties that we cover, um, which would include Delaware, Dutchess, Putnam, Ulster, Rockland, Sullivan, uh, Orange County, and also Westchester County. So you're originally from, from Saugerties, New York. Uh, back in 2000 was when your wish was granted. And I have to preface it by saying that your wish is one of the coolest wishes that we've granted at our chapter, like ever. Uh, you know, the photos from your wish, which we'll be sure to share in the, in the show notes, um, some of those photos were just unbelievable. I mean, everything from, you know, you with like the FBI hat, you look like, uh, <laughs> like you were one of the recruits, which is pretty cool. And, uh, and, and, you know, you had like a bomb suit on. I mean, really phenomenal, phenomenal wish. Uh, share with our listeners a little bit about, one, what kind of got you to that point? You know, like what was the condition that you had that made you eligible to receive a wish? Sure. So uh, when I was, boy, I have to think back as to what uh, grade I was in here. Um, but I was in uh, sixth grade uh, and had been having uh, problems that uh, were similar to epilepsy. Uh, so I had a father and a sister who both have epilepsy. And so back then, my doctors, neurologists, everybody was convinced that I had epilepsy. Uh, unfortunately, all the tests that they did, they couldn't figure out what was wrong. Uh, and I happened to uh, luckily get a concussion uh, one day. And so that was a follow-up CT scan where they discovered that I had a benign brain tumor um, the size of a golf ball. So I say it was a lucky concussion because back then, uh, you know, it wasn't the thing that you did right away, stick somebody in a tube and take an image of their head. 
So it had been kind of misdiagnosed for really a couple of years. Um, so that brain tumor diagnosis uh, led to kind of uh, quick surgery within three months. I had had my first brain surgery. Um, and then in between that time period is when we actually, my, my mom um, reached out to make Wish Hudson Valley to uh, start the process for potentially getting a, a, a wish granted. That's amazing. And I got to say, man, I mean, I've been hearing, I've been doing these these episodes, you know, since, you know, last summer. And the few alumni that I have connected with up to this point, a lot of them share the same kind of story, you know, early misdiagnoses, you know, just free kind of found out that you found it. I mean, I don't know if you know, but, you know, the way I found out about that I had stage four lung cancer was I had a car accident. I injured my lower back and I was going to physical therapy and they took an x-ray of my back and, and they just happened to take a chest x-ray and we're like, oh, we'll do the chest x-ray as well. And they found a whole bunch of shadows in my lungs and were like, hey, you should check this out. Bro, it's the same thing with you, man. It's like it's like misdiagnosis and then you finally found it and you were able to then kind of tackle it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's funny to look back on now and just say, you know, realize how lucky uh, uh, an injury like that was, uh, I guess, in both our cases. To, yeah, exactly. Uh, From concussions yeah. to car accidents and, you know, which, which is a great segue right into what happened when your mom reached out to us, you know, she referred you to our organization. And for those that are listening, just as a friendly reminder, you know, referrals can be made in three different ways. One, a, a child can call and, and refer themselves if they'd like. Uh, you can have a family member like a parent or a sibling or someone very close to the family that has intimate knowledge of the child's condition. Um, they can make a referral, but also a medical professional such as a registered nurse, the child life specialist, or the actual treating physician can all refer the child. So we'll be sure that if you have someone that you know that will like uh, that may be eligible to receive a wish, please check out the show notes. There'll be a link there to refer a child to our organization. And if you live within our territory, you know, we will be that host uh, chapter for that child. Um, so when you so your mom sent out your this referral request and when you when you guys do you recall when you heard that you had become eligible and qualified to receive a wish, what that kind of brought to you guys in that moment? You know, I think uh, at the time I was probably 12 or 13, I was probably 13. And I don't think I really fully understood, you know, what Make-A-Wish was kind of like I had this really misconception about how serious the medical condition was, you know, uh, was young enough. I had the first surgery when I was 12, uh, then I was 13. And we, I, I think that's when we started the process. Um, and at, in between the, that time and, and when I had first learned about Make-A-Wish too, I had found out that they hadn't removed the full tumor, the first surgery that I had. So I was aware that I was going to have to have another surgery um, sometime in the future. Uh, so, so I had kind of both of those things uh, looming over. And so I, I really, I don't think I fully understood what the options were or what, you know, what types of things I could do. Um, I do laugh because looking back on it, my, my mom says, when I asked for my wish and I actually, uh, what I asked for, she said, they did have no idea where it came from. <laughs> um, it wasn't anything like they expected. They, they had some guesses in their head, but it, uh, certainly wasn't anything to do with the FBI or law enforcement or anything. So that's, that's crazy, man. It's funny. Cause I always hear that from a lot of parents, you know, being a wish granter at the chapter and also hearing stories from other wish granters, they always talk about how the parents, a lot of times, or the guardians, um, are surprised by what the kids wish for. And, a lot of times it's something very simple or sometimes it's something like in your case, something completely out of left field. Parents didn't see it coming, 
but ends up becoming a really special experience for everyone involved, which is really cool. So talk to so take me through that. Once you figured out, okay, I'm going to be, I want to be an FBI agent for a day. How, how did that day go for you? I mean, in the pictures, it looks awesome, but share with a little bit about that experience. How did it start and what did you do throughout the day and, and all that good stuff? Yeah. So I, and back then, I don't think they categorized the wishes like quite like they do today. So uh, really it was to, to become an FBI agent, but what they turned it into, what the FBI um, and uh, some of the politicians that were involved, Chuck Schumer from New York state Senator um, who uh, was involved in some of the training and budgeting out at Quantico, Virginia, where they train all the FBI agents. Um, they all got involved and it turned into a multi-day experience. So um, I do remember sitting down at the table, strange memories to look back on, but I remember sitting down at the table the day that the wish granters came out to the house. Um, and I remember kind of saying that as my first wish and them looking at me like, okay, do you have some other wishes that you think maybe if this uh, can't really work out? So I think there was some hesitancy on that as to whether anything like that could happen. Um, but I, I, I remember leaving uh, the house and, and heading off to uh, Washington, D.C. and not really knowing you know, fully what to expect uh, as to what the days were going to be. Um, and, and like I said, over the days, you saw the, the different pictures. So I spent some time in Quantico, Virginia, where uh, FBI recruits uh, kind of go through their academy to become uh, special agents. And we spent some time in Washington, D.C. at the field office. Uh, and got some other uh, tours through the White House and different things while we were there, um, really getting a full exposure to the different uh, FBI, not only agents, but the other people involved. So a lot of the photographs, you say they're really great. It's because we had a professional photographer, crime scene photographer from the FBI following us around most of the time, taking a lot of those high quality images that we have. That's awesome. Do you ever kind of, you know, reminisce or go back to like that photo album that you have, The Wish, and kind of just go through it? I do. I have, I have my mom actually created this really great, uh, great photo album um, where she took all those pictures, um, put them into a book and, and kind of made a cover for them. And I, I take it with me to just about every kind of job that I've, I've gone to uh, and, and kind of walk people through, you know, how I ended up where I ended up. Um, Cause it, my wish definitely, uh, you know, geared the direction that I took in my life for career and everything. Um, so it's something I like to kind of keep handy because it is a unique story. That that's amazing. And share with our listeners what your what career you're referring to. Yeah, my my whole career from uh, from the time I left high school uh, through college and graduate school and up till now um, has always been involved in law enforcement. So I've I've uh, was a police officer, full time police officer in Houston, Texas, um, for several years, and then stayed in the in the criminal justice field, but went back to school. Um, at Penn State, I was in a PhD program there uh, in criminology, and then I found out my wife and I were having twins. So I left uh, the PhD program and realized it was time to go back to regular work. Um, and that's when that's what brought me here to Ohio. Right now, I'm the director of the Northeast Ohio Regional Fusion Center. Um, but for the last five years, I've worked in the Cuyahoga County Prosecutor's Office uh, at the Cuyahoga County Sheriff's Department and in the Cuyahoga County Department of Public Safety. Cuyahoga County uh, is the county that surrounds Cleveland, Ohio. So all of my career since I, I left high school for the last, uh, let's see, 17, 18 years now, 
um, has all been centered around law enforcement um, careers, even though I've changed careers over that time. Um, that's who I work with. That's, that's my, my experience with everybody's first responders and, and police. That's amazing, man. And, and it's really cool. And for our listeners that may not know this, the wish that inspired the creation of Make-A-Wish was a law enforcement wish. But the wish child was Chris Gracious, and his wish was to be an Arizona State patrolman, motor patrolman specifically. And so he had an amazing day, similar to you, kind of laid out over a couple of days that really gave him that sense of feeling like he was one of the guys. Um, you know, he was just another recruit on the line, just waiting to get his, uh, in, in his case, was to get pinned his wings as a motorcycle patrolman, which was really cool. And, and you've got a lot of cool keepsakes from your wish, right? I do. Yeah, I've got uh, got different things that uh, trinkets, whether they were pins or um, I actually have a an evidence technician's jacket, uh, you know, polo shirts, things like that, that they gave me along um, as I went from like kind of one unit to another unit and uh, and learned about the different um, responsibilities. And, and they kind of all had something to, to hand over um, to me. And, and a lot of those things I still keep with me. That, that was my next question was if you still have them and do you have them like displayed anywhere? Do you have them like in a special like keepsake box? Yeah, the, the pins and things are, are were probably like the easiest things to keep, right? They don't really uh, deteriorate over time. So they're actually with um, all of my other law enforcement stuff that I have from being a police officer in Houston. So, you know, we wear different pins and things on our uniform um, to represent the different assignments we had or different awards that we received. And so... Um, the ones I have from the FBI and from the Wish are, are stored with those. Uh, and then my my book that my mom made, my photo album, I actually try to keep that at work. Um, between, you know, once I've showed people that have come in, that's that's about it. But when we roll interns in, things like that, uh, I find that that's a good time to kind of uh, put an impression onto people that, you know, sometimes we end up with interns and they don't really know what they want to do. Um, with with their background. They think they want to be a police officer or they think they want to do something. My background heavily lies in data analytics and crime analysis and, and supporting law enforcement um, in a different capacity. And so I find a lot of times we have interns that have no idea, you know, what that career field is. And so I like to show them, you know, how it started for me when I was 15 years old uh, and how, you know, back then I thought, oh, I really want to be a, a federal agent. I want to be in the FBI. And while I think that I'd have been happy doing that, uh, I don't, I don't feel like I missed anything. Um, and I feel like my career opportunities have been, have been great. Um, and, and I've been able to do what I've always wanted to do, uh, in that time. That, that's awesome, man. I mean, it's interesting because when you think about it, you know, we're wish alum, but a lot of times we don't, people don't realize that we do grow up. You know, we're kind of in a time capsule of that wish kid photo. And we could be, in your case, you were, I think, 15 years old when your wish was granted around there, maybe a little bit younger than that, but around that age. Um, you know, I was, I think, 17 when my, my wish was granted. So people see those pictures, they think of that time. I don't think, I think you and I have aged pretty well, though. I mean, we're like a fine wine. You know, we're getting better with time. <laughs> so um, so I think we still look the same, right? Right, right. <laughs> um, a little grayer, a little pudgier, but you know we're 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 still the same, the same guys. Um, and actually, we speaking of which, we go back. I mean, we go back to when we started the uh, alumni committee, um, and you were part of those alumni committee meetings early on. How did you hear about that, and how did you kind of get involved with the alumni committee and kind of volunteering in general? I guess. 
Yeah, it really started when I was uh, in in uh, an undergraduate. Um, I, I was up at the Rochester Institute of Technology, and I don't remember if it was Denise. Uh, Denise had just started with the chapter. I think that might have been like her second year when I had my wish granted um, back in back in two thousand. And so uh, I think it was Denise that had remained in contact with my mom. Uh, and so I was up in in school in college and uh, my mom and Denise had been talking and then there was the annual wish gala. And so there was conversation about whether I could come down and maybe, you know, give a, give a speech or give an address um, to the crowd that was there. So that I think is really what started it for me was coming back down. And I, I wish I could remember the year, probably was maybe 2006. I would say it would have been an anniversary, I think. Yeah, you're you're right because um, I believe in 2006 was when actually not I believe I know 2006 is when the when we established the alumni committee. Um, so we were having you know we have wish balls every year, so it was definitely around those or those early years of it, and that's how I got involved with it too. Because when when we met first the first time, it was at an alumni committee meeting, I believe, um, and that was right early on as soon as it started, and I started soon after that on staff. Uh, but you're right, Denise D'Amico, our VP of Program and Operations, you know, she started back in 1998. And we're excited to our listeners that are hearing, keep on hearing Denise's name pop up in all of these uh, episodes. You, we will have Denise on a, on a future episode, so stay tuned if it hasn't been released yet. Um, but yeah, Denise is definitely really part of the fabric of our, of our Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley community and, and family. And she really he kind of has... Bridged, bridged so many connections throughout um, all the eight counties that we serve. And it's awesome that she stayed in contact with your mom. And then, you know, you were able to kind of get involved that way as a, as a volunteer sharing your wish experience. I forgot to mention earlier that your mom is also, was also a volunteer for many years for our chapter. She, uh, she was a, a trained uh, speaker. She would go out and share her experience as a wish mom. You know, how did it feel for you hearing that your mom was going out there doing her thing, you know, on her own, sharing about her experience and also about your wish? Yeah, I think it was great. Uh, you know, I I, uh, I look back to when I did uh, my public speaking uh, thing. That was really the first time that I had to get up in front of a crowd and give a speech. And I remember my mom, I probably was more nervous than I was because I was like, oh, I'm in school, so I'm busy. You know, I'll write this speech. And of course, like the days are going by and she's wanting to see it ahead of time. And um, it, of course, got it done at the last minute. But I think, you know, that was my first experience with public speaking and it felt really good, um, even though I was nervous. And so I think my mom from that was, you know, got over her own thought of public speaking, right? Like, well, if, if he can do it and hasn't done it, maybe this is something I can do too. Um, and it just comes from such a different perspective, you know, of having somebody that was involved in a wish, really involved in the referral and, and worked and kind of, you know, kept in contact with the chapter um, through all those years. Um, and yeah, she continued to be involved and would go out to different events and speak about what it was. And it, it, I certainly think that, you know, she helped to push, uh, at some of these events and really bring more people in, I would hope anyway, to, uh, to assist and volunteer. I couldn't agree with you more, man. Anytime we can have either a wish kid or a wish alum or a wish parent share about an experience directly from them, like you can't mess it up. You know, like there's there's no way you can mess up your own story. Right. So you're just sharing what you lived through. But there's no doubt that it inspires the people in the room or the people that are in front of you listening, because, you know, for, for sure, your mom's imprints have, you know, are, are all throughout our chapter as well. Because I think I want to say your mom also 
volunteered in the office as part of like an office volunteer, I think, for a few opportunities as well during her time as a volunteer. How is your mom? How's the rest of the family doing um, over? Uh, do they still live over in Saugerties? So, no, my mom uh, retired uh, for 39 years. I, um, and so she had worked out of the Poughkeepsie uh, plant for IBM. And so when she retired, um, they, my, actually my mom and dad just moved up to the, the Rochester area. Um, they live in Webster, just outside Rochester, New York, uh, in, in where they've retired to. My mom's originally up from that area. So they're up in a new place. I think, uh, once they get settled, I'm sure my mom will want to get more involved, uh, with, even though it's another chapter, want to get involved again, but yeah, they just moved within the last few months. Uh, so so, so she's going uh, retire. This is breaking news. This is breaking news. It's hot off the presses, right? That's it. That's it. Just I, just moving out there. So that's awesome, man. I'm, please let her know that we're we're so thankful to her and to the entire her family for 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 sharing your stories with us over the years. It's, it's this this whole podcast is about celebrating the 35 years of our chapters, um, you know, establishment back in 1986, and you know, your family has really been. Uh, one of those kind of families that we always look to as a as an example of how you can really get involved at your own pace when you're ready um, with the organization, whether it's a parent or an alumni, like in your case, um, and all the different ways that you can do it. Um, switching gears a little bit, you mentioned earlier about your wife and you have twin girls. How was that for you? I mean, because I know I can speak on my experience too, is that as a as a wish alum, there's always that uncertain future, like what's going to happen post, you know, treatment, what's going to happen post wish. Um, from, in my case, you know, one of the, one of the side effects of the treatment that I received was possibly not being able to have kids. And that was kind of like a scary thought. So when I was able to then have kids and you know, also I have two kids, a boy and a girl, um, it was extremely, I don't know how to, I don't know how to like put it into words, but it was something that made me feel like, Oh, okay. This is actually what I'm here for. I'm here to be their dad. You know, and 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 they're like a like a living miracle. I look at them all the time. Do you kind of feel the same way as a wish alum when when you found out that you and your wife Stephanie were having, you know, girls, and then on top of that, twins on top you know, with that? I will say a lot of a lot of people. That's one of the first questions about about having twins. And luckily for us, we never knew any different, right? So we didn't go from one to three. We went from zero to two. True. Uh, so that uh, that worked out for us. We were able to play man to man defense, no zone, right from the start. So that uh, that was beneficial. Um, but yeah, having kids uh, was great. And I will say too, part of part of it, like the fear or anything like that, that I would have had medically uh, from like my own experiences. Part of me just said, you know what? Uh, if I could get through it, I'm not really sure there's anything that they could throw at me that uh, that they couldn't get through too. Um, so that's it, it. Certainly was something that was on my mind. I'm sure it was on your mind uh, the first time you find out you're having kids. You're you're kind of worried about that, but. That was really what I drew back on was, you know, I was I was there. I had the medical problems and uh, and and got through it. So I'm sure they could do the same. Yeah. And that's, I think, a great message to send out to anyone that's listening to the podcast that either is a wish alum um, that maybe had their wish granted not too long ago. Maybe they're you know unsure of whether or not they'll have kids down the line or things like that. You, know, you and I are, are two examples of how while the future is uncertain, there is potentially light at the end of the tunnel if that's the direction you want to go with having a you know kids and and, and a family in that way. So, um, but you know, switching gears again, you know, how was it when you kind of 
once you kind of became an adult and kind of transitioning from that wish alum, wish kid-ish age group to then now becoming an adult, do you find that people often wonder, hey, is, are your daughters the wish kids or is it you? <laughs> like a lot, I get that a lot of times. You know, how is that kind of transitioning from a wish alum to like now a, a, an adult and uh, and representing the organization that way as a, as an alumni? Yeah, I uh, I think I'm fortunate in that sense in that I, I usually head them off at the past when I talk about my involvement with Make-A-Wish. I, I make sure they understand that it was me uh, and my <laughs> wish. It also is an easy transition for me because of my, my career. So, you know, meeting new people, uh, whether it be neighbors, like when we moved to, to this part of Ohio, uh, boy, it was almost six years ago now. Time, time flies. Um, time really does fly. Man. Yeah. I mean, it's been 20 over... T- it's been 20 years, over 20 years since your wish was granted. I know, I know. Don't, don't remind me about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but I was, I'm looking at the date. It was July 15, 2000 is when your wish was granted. Unbelievable, man. I mean, it doesn't feel, but like you said, time flies. It doesn't feel like it. In a lot of ways, I still feel like I'm at the same age. Like, I, like I'm a 17-year-old going on my cruise. Like That's how I feel. I'm sure you feel the same way, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, I think uh, on the wish side, like continuing to be involved, it's it's an important thing to me. Um, even if I, you know, as busy as I get with the kids and family life and everything like that, it's even if it's one time a year, um, being able to uh, volunteer in some capacity or even just make a donation if I if I haven't been able to get out to an event, uh, you know, it's an important thing for me because I remember um, that impact that it it's had on my life. So uh, yeah, with the kids. Everybody knows it was me because right off the bat, I can I can lead from my story right in, uh, you know, what I'm doing now. So they know I'm in law enforcement uh, before we even get to it. So that, that's amazing, man. And how is it in Ohio? I mean, are were you kind of, you know, for those that are listening in, we're recording this podcast towards the end of January. So the Lindor trade already happened. Um, are you a Cleveland Indians fan? I mean, I know you're transplanted now six years and then Ohio. Did you become a, a local baseball fanatic? So my my wife is uh, is an Indians fan, but my dog's name is actually Fenway. Um, ah, interesting. Because <laughs> I grew up, you know, in Socrates, we we're kind of equidistant from from New York City. It's about a hundred miles as we are from Boston. Um, and so, yeah, I, I grew up. My grandfather was a Red Sox fan, and so that kind of came with me uh, uh, moving through. My wife and I met in college, so we knew right away that we would be bitter rivals uh, <laughs> while we were in college. And of course, Boston won a World Series back then, so that that didn't help uh, much. But our cake topper at our wedding was a bride choking the husband, and the husband had on a Red Sox jersey, and the bride had on a, an Indians jersey. So, I, I'm, as a Yankee fan, I I I, I really like that a lot. <laughs> I, 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 you know, bro, I gotta say, man, you know, we're, when this episode is released, you know, hopefully it'll be around the summertime. Hopefully, baseball is in full swing and. You know, we're, we're enjoying a full season of baseball, hopefully. Um, you know, what are your thoughts with, you know, kids that maybe are, you know, are thinking of a wish and it is because your wish, even though it wasn't a celebrity wish or it wasn't like a sports wish, but it was still a very unique type of wish um, that had a lot of different elements, which is very, it mirrors a lot of how we're able to grant celebrity wishes or better yet, like national event wishes like World Series or Major League Baseball All-Star Games or Super Bowls and things like that, where it does take place over the course of a couple of days, you know, what would you tell those kids that maybe are, are thinking or debating whether or not they want to wish like that? 
um, or if they maybe are thinking of something else, what would you tell them about why they should go with their gut and follow their heart with this type of wish? Yeah. Yeah. It's that, it's that full experience, right? There's no, uh, there's no, um, you know, pick a wish and it, it happens for a couple hours and then it's over. Uh, any of the wishes I, one that I, uh, kind of a multi-layered, you know, multi-faceted uh, experience um, for everybody. So, you know, for me, it ended up, feels like it was, you know, uh, a couple of weeks that we spent there. It was really, I think, three or four days that we spent just hopping. It was just nonstop bouncing from from one part of the wish to another. Um, and, and yeah, it reminds me anytime I see any of the, the kids that have done sports experiences or celebrities or any of those things, right? It's it's so much more than that, that kind of one-time drop-in experience. It, it definitely lives beyond, beyond that. Right. And I, I got to say, you know, when we were doing some research with the production team, the podcast production team over at the office, and we were getting prepared for, for this episode, you know, one of the things that, um, that we looked at was just kind of your involvement over the years, because obviously you share your experience, but you also are a chapter supporter. You know, you're one of the donors that, that we have that have supported our chapter over the years. Do you know how much you've raised uh, or how much you've donated over the course of your entire relationship with Make-A-Wish? Because I got the number and it's insane. (laughs) I have no idea. I mean, I know, you know, um, my family for several years there after I spoke at the at the one, um, my mom began to, uh, you know, get a table at the gala every year. And so that became like a little bit of a, a almost like a family reunion. You know, we'd pull family together. Um, I know my uncle uh, had donated a couple of different things to auction off at the gala. So he had made some some things, uh, some hand wood carved uh, different things to, to do at the auctions. Um, but yeah, I, I could not even come up with the number uh, at all. <laughs> all right. So this is, again, more breaking news. So we have here, uh, we were looking at the numbers and outside, you know, in addition to the fact that you at your wedding, you also made a donation to Make Wish as part of our wedding wishes program, which we'll make sure to, you know, uh, put a link in in the show notes for. But co- collectively, over all the years that you've been uh, connected to Make Wish, you've donated over six thousand dollars, which is the equivalent of what we typically would spend for like an electronics wish. It's one of the more popular wishes that we grant, whether it's you know, all types of electronics that kids want. Typically, our budget for that is around $6,000. So you essentially have helped grant an electronics wish. I mean, how does that even sound to you, like, collectively over the years? It's pretty insane when you think about it, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it it, it feels good just to know that, uh, you know, some some kid out there uh, has has managed to uh, get the same experience that, uh, that I did in, in some capacity. So... I guess, uh, you know, that's not going to stop anytime soon. So <laughs> we'll hey. see where we are in another few years. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Seriously, because it's, it's you know, like I said before, I mean, it's, it's donors and supporters and wish alum and wish families like yours that really are the lifeblood of our chapter. I mean, this is, again, a 35th anniversary podcast is to celebrate those that are associated with us that don't really get a lot of time, a lot of shine or don't necessarily want it um, because, you know, you guys are always doing stuff behind the scenes. But at the same time, you know, it's, this is an opportunity for us to thank you and your entire family for your continuous support over all the years that you've been connected to Make-A-Wish. And, you know, on behalf of the entire chapter, we just want to give you thanks uh, for one, sharing your story and sharing, you know, you know your, your, your treasure, everything, you know, with us is really, truly special. And 
you know, you, you guys are truly part of the backbone of our, of our chapter's uh, history. So thank you. I think I, uh, I think I owe you all a lot, a lot bigger. Thank you for, uh, for everything that the wish did for me and uh, my career, <laughs> which has allowed me to kind of donate back. So it's kind of this, uh, this nice circle of, uh, of the wish here. It's the circle of goodness that Make-A-Wish is all about, which is a really great segue to what we call the shooting star segment, which is a series of questions where you say the first thing that comes to mind. So I'll ask you a couple questions, just throw out there the first thing that you think of, you know, out of all the memories you have of Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley, which one is like your top, you know, memory of Make-A-Wish? Uh, it's, it's probably the, my man, it was a lot of interactions, but it's probably the tour of the white house that we did. That one, uh, that one really sticks. That's awesome. Uh, and you know, aside from your wish, which is probably biased asking you this question, but you know, of all the wishes that you've heard about and, or, you know, have maybe seen around the way, which one kind of stands out for you as like your, the favorite wish like outside of your own that, uh, that you really like that you really liked or really heard about. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, the more recent one that sticks in my head is the the trip that someone took to the MLB All-Star game um, it, or, you know, the World Series, any of those. The, the baseball uh, wishes that, for whatever reason at this age, uh, resonate with me. Um, and then the All-Star game kind of sticks in my head because the Cleveland Indians just hosted uh, recently within the last couple of years, the All-Star game. And I was right. uh, working. So that one kind of, uh, you know, related. When I see that, I can realize, you know, everything that goes into that game happening and, and bring someone in for a wish. I can only imagine. That's, that's amazing. And speaking of which, I mean, I didn't ask you this before, but your daughters, how are you raising them? Red Sox fans, Cleveland fans? Like what do we got going on? Well, they've, they, they've never been to Fenway. So that's a, that's a problem, I guess, but yeah. they, uh, they, we've been to a lot of Indians games. They go pretty regularly. They do. They, they are definitely growing up loving uh, baseball. But we do have two blankets on the couch, and one is an Indians blanket, and one is a Red Sox. So uh, <laughs> we 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 debate over which one is more comfortable. I think is uh, is really what it comes to. I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, all right. So next question, as part of the shooting star segment, is you know what advice would you give someone in the community that maybe is looking to donate some time or resources or you know their network contacts. Um, you know, to a local charity, what would you tell them about Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley to encourage them to give back here locally? Yeah, uh, anything you can, really. Um, you know, I, I obviously the the power of a wish is something that's talked about all the time, and and hopefully from this podcast alone, you can hear uh, you know what an impact this wish had for me. But uh, I know that that all the the chapter, everything, they're always looking for. Um, anything, right? Whether it's your time, uh, whether it's assistance, you know, setting up the gala. People don't realize how much work goes into that, not just, uh, you know, making donations uh, or going out. I don't think my mom ever would have thought of me going out and doing any type of speaking engagement. Uh, I know she didn't think of her going out and doing speaking engagements to, to kind of help fundraise. Uh, so, yeah, encourage everybody, you know, people say, oh, I don't want to do this, or I would have a hard time, um, you know, being a wish grantor like that. And I try to tell them, you know, there's so much more to it. Um, so many ways you can help um, that you may not think about. That That's so true, man. And next question, again, maybe biased, but it is a wish related question. If you could have another wish, you know, what would it be? And 
you know, to give our listeners a, a friendly reminder, the five formal wish categories are to go, to meet, to have, to be, and to give. So out of those five formal wish categories, Mike, which, which, what wish would you choose now? <laughs> if you could Boy, go back, let's actually, let, let's set this up. If you could go back to when you were first, you know, um, uh, I guess, visited by wish granting volunteers, and they presented to you now these five categories, what would, what do you think would pop up again? Yeah, that, that's a, that's an easy one for me to say that I would be very biased to, uh, <laughs> because of, because of the direction it put me on, on my career path, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't think it would have changed back then. Of course, again, no one really in my family and I can't even look back knows, you know, how that idea for the wish even came about. So, um, at least right now I can say that it would have been the same. Yeah. If I was granted another wish, uh, I kind of feel like uh, maybe this is uh, sappy, but I feel like I, you know, I had my wish, I had my my chance, and I I really think that uh, for me it's giving back to the organization. So uh, it would be hard for me to pin down one thing, but I know I've been at the gala and been at different events and seen the look that wish kids have on their face when they're you know finding out they're going to get a wish granted or uh, they've just had their wish granted. And so to me, it's almost like the, the ability to give back and have that, that impact and be really directly involved in someone's wish. I think that that really would be fulfilling for me. That's, that's amazing, man. And final question as part of the Shooting Star segment. In one word, how would you describe Make-A-Wish? Happiness. Happiness. That's an easy one for, for me. Hey, man, that, that's what's up. And I gotta say, I mean, that's I, I can't go anywhere else after that. So that's a perfect way to end this podcast. A special thanks to our guest, Mike Herb, for joining us today and sharing how Make-A-Wish has touched his life and is still providing strength after all these years. Um, thanks, Mike, for joining us today, man, seriously. Oh, uh, thanks. Thanks for inviting me. It was, this was fun. Good. Uh, it was a pleasure. To our listeners, remember, you can always refer to our show notes for additional information about the topics we discussed today. We invite you to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast to help us reach as many people as possible about our wonderful mission. Special thanks to the executive producers of the Wish House podcast, Jillian Rodriguez and Sydney Wolf. Shout out to Wish alum Brian Chin for providing our podcast theme music. And finally, from all of us at the Wish House, stay safe and healthy.